Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Good morning, My City Church. Hey, so I'm not Pastor Eli. Uh, I know what you're thinking, same body, same physique. We get mixed up all the time, but I'm actually not him. Uh, my name is Tyler and me alongside my wife. We are the student ministries pastors here at my city. And uh, yeah, those are mine. And, uh, and it's just a fancy way to say youth pastor. And uh, so honored to be able to share with you this morning. And so you guys ready to go there with me? Let's go. Well, hey, we've been doing this series, which has been really great, called My City Mixtape. And uh, I had to Google, like, what is this cassette tape they keep talking about? Like, I, I don't, I, it's a different generation. And I don't know much about cassette tapes, but I know about burning CDs, where the people, I, you know, I used, to, I used to burn CDs. And whether you're making a mixtape on a tape or you're making a mixtape on a, on a CD you're burning, uh, we all know the real purpose of it. It was to win the ladies, you know what I'm saying? You would put the tracks on, you'd go like slow R&B, you know, like it'd be nice. And But the most important part is you had to record your voice over that, you know? So like you would give it to them and they would hit play. It would be like, hey, girl. Look, I don't know where you are right now, but I know that's where my heart is, you know? So slow down and listen. Baby, lock them doors. No, I'm just playing. Chill, chill. It's church. Chill. This is what happens when you give the youth guy the mic, okay? It's going to get wild, you know? But uh, so I'm excited. We're adding a track to the My City mixtape this week, and the track is Flashing Lights. Flashing Lights. So it's going to be really fun, and I'm excited. But a little bit about me, if you don't know who I am, um, like I said, my name's Tyler. Uh, I'm married to the amazing Jordan Kirkle, and uh, she's absolutely amazing. Um, she's Supergirl. She pretty much does everything, and I just take the credit for it. And so she's amazing, and we've been married for about five and a half years, and, uh, and we were together two and a half years before that. So I was thinking about it yesterday, and I was like, eight years. We're getting old, babe. Eight years we've been together, but um, she's amazing. We've got a new addition to the family coming. And uh, we are seven months pregnant with zealous Andrew Kirkle, and uh, he's a legend. And uh, it's, it's the word zeal has meant a lot to us for a long time. So you can Google the definition later if you want. But basically how we paraphrase it is Z is going to change the world, and he's going to have fun while doing it. And uh, he's a little champion. He's kicking the crap out of his mom all the time. And uh, sometimes I'll, I'll get down, and I'm like, hey, you got to chill, man. Like, quit kicking your mom. She's not loving it. And then he'll kick harder, and I'm like, that's my boy. I mean, he's not following rules. Like, that's, you know, so pray for him. Pray for us. He's not saved. And so, um, you know, we got a journey ahead of us. And so, anyway, uh, enough about me. How many are ready for the Word of God this morning? Let's go. Well, hey, if you brought your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. And uh, it's going to be up on the big Bible if you didn't bring your Bible. Uh, but a little bit of context. So this is Jesus speaking, okay? And he's speaking to believers. And how many know we read a living and active word of God? So if he was speaking to believers then, he's speaking to believers now. So he's speaking to you and I this morning. But he's speaking to a smaller group, but all of a sudden a crowd starts to form. Because how many know where Jesus goes, a crowd goes? That's not for just 2,000 years ago, because where Jesus goes, hope goes. Where Jesus goes, salvation goes. Where Jesus goes, transformation. Can I keep going? Where Jesus goes, healing goes. Where Jesus goes, I mean, it's Jesus. And so we know where Jesus goes, man, people want to go. They want to catch a glimpse of what is going on. So he begins to talk to the disciples, and a crowd starts to form. And so he goes up onto a mountain and begins to preach down at them. And this is what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And, uh, and so we pick up here, and shortly after he starts talking, he starts talking about persecution. And in Matthew 5, 11 through 12, we start off, and it says, You are blessed 
when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Meaning when you live for Jesus, people will, will come against you. Be glad and rejoice because your reward is great in heaven. For that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. He goes on to say, you are the salt of the earth. But if the, if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything is to be thrown out. Like, what's the point of not salty salt? You, you would throw that out. You're the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Great scripture. I'm excited to dive into with you guys this morning. Before we go any further, let's pray. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much for your word, Lord. Lord, we pray that you would speak to us this morning, Lord. We pray that what we hear on Sunday from you would impact our Monday, Lord. That we would go out, we would live this out, Lord. Lord, we pray for anybody who feels distant or far from you, Lord, that we would, by the end of this service, feel close to you and remember how much you love us. Lord, we love you. And my city church said, amen. 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 Well, hey, uh, here's the thing about me, if you don't know anything about me. I, I talk a big game. Like, I like, hey, ch okay, chill. All right, a little too much crowd participant. Now, I, I, I talk a big game, okay? I like the trash talk. Uh, shout out to uh, Cody and David are down here. And uh, we used to lead a men's spike ball group, okay? And we would show up. We'd play spike ball for like an hour. We'd pray for like 15 minutes. And uh, I showed up to the first one, not really knowing what spike ball is, never really played. And I get out of the car, and I'm like, yo, I'm about to dominate. They're like, but you don't even know how to play. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm that good. Like, I'm going to make you guys not like the sport. Like, that's how much I like it. And they're like, okay, you're just... Just chill. You could put me up against a seven-foot basketball player, and I'm going to look at him and be like, yo, I'm going to dunk on you, bro. But Tyler, you're short and unathletic. Irrelevant. doesn't matter. I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to win today. Like, I, I talk a big game. But how many of you know there's a difference between talking the talk and walking the walk, right? Like, we don't need to bring up my spike ball record. It's getting better. Mind your business, okay? Like, we're getting there. But there's a difference between talk the talk and walk the walk. And trust me, because I'm a talker, I've seen this many times in my life. Uh, but one of my favorite times was actually how I asked out my wife, Jordan, and uh, she gave me permission to share this. Um, it's really more embarrassing for me than her, but here's a little bit of context, okay? So we'd been talking for three or four months now. So we were texting, we would read our Bible together, we would pray together, because, um, I mean, you know, a couple that prays together stays together, you know? And, and so we were doing that, and we were trying to figure out, you know, is this a God thing or not? Okay, so something else you need to know, as we were, like, building our friendship, we both found out we love the show Friends. And because I... I talk a big game my whole life since I was like 12 everybody knew all my friends that I was gonna marry Jennifer Anderson someday like they all knew I was like look I know it doesn't make sense I don't know how I'm gonna meet her but I will and she will marry me like it was just it was a fact to me so when I met Jordan she had known that I was uh, I had all intentions of uh, marrying Jennifer Aniston right and uh and so we were building this friendship or whatever so a few months later Pastor Danny who's my roommate at the time he looks at me and he goes hey man when are you gonna make this thing official like she's great you're great you're living for God and I talk a big game so I was like look Danny Danny, Danny. You, you ain't got to worry about it, bro. All right, if I wanted her to fall, she would have done been fell already. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, I'm smooth as butter. I'm as smooth as it gets, bro. He's like, chill. Okay, I was just more wanting to, like, help out. Like, so how are you going to do it when, like, it, the time is right? And I was like, Danny, bro, it don't matter. Like, I'm going to just give her the look, you know? And he's like, all right, good luck with that guy. The reality was I was really nervous because this wasn't like my high school relationships. Like, this... I believed that this was God's go for me. So even though I was just gonna ask her out, I really thought that this was the rest of our life together. And so it was like, I was a little nervous about it. And so when I'm nervous, I just talk a big game. So a few weeks later, we're sitting there on the couch. And I'm like, this is time. Like, it's, it's time to make it official. And so 
my guy, dude, you got this, bro. You got this, man. Turn on the charm. Turn on the charm. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Okay. So I look at her. I'm like, hey, girl. She's like, why are you talking like that? Shh. No, no, no. Hey, girl. Look, girl, I want you to be my Jennifer Aniston. I said that. And I knew I messed up right away because she didn't look excited, but she didn't look mad. She just looked genuinely confused. And she was like, so is this, uh, is, is this like, are you, is this how you're asking me out right now? I was like, play it cool, bro. You already messed this up once. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, girl, Naza's playing, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, girl, I want to make you mine, you know what I'm saying, girl? Like, girl, I want to live this life with you. And she's like, oh, okay. I would have said yes, no matter what, but all right, how many knows the difference between talking the talk and walking the walk? And maybe it wasn't as smooth as I thought it was, but it don't matter because she said yes. I put a rock on that finger so she can't leave me now, you know what I'm saying? So, hey, single people, understand this. You can't have less game than that. So there's hope for you. If God did it in me, he'll do it for you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, man. There's a difference between talking the talk and walking the walk. And we laugh at my pain today. Uh, because, you know, just look at my life. This happens all the time. But how many of you know that this happens all over? Like, we all have this. Like, how many New Year's resolutions have we made? Where we go, man, I'm going to eat different this year. But then, you know, Cane's is down the street, and it takes two minutes to get a meal from Cane's versus, you know, 40 minutes to make a chicken breast. So I'm like, I think I'm going to go with Cane's. Or we say, I'm going to work out this year. I'm going to get in the gym. But, like, the Chiefs, to be honest, they're best watched on the couch. And, like, Patrick Mahomes is kind of counting on me. So, like, it's almost disrespect to watch it from a treadmill. Like, I got to watch it from the couch. And then there's some chips and dip because it's game day. And you're like, man, it's two feet away. But that's the exact length of my arm. So, like, it must be a God thing, you know. And, like, or we say, I'm going to go to church every Sunday. Man, I'm going to be there. But then Saturday night we go out with our friends and we wild out a little bit. And we, we have a little too much to drink. And then we got a headache in the morning. Or we're just so full of shame that we don't end up going. And I'm able to talk about this and get a little in our face today, not because any of us are better. It's because we're all in this together. We all struggle with this. It's because we're human. It's just the way it is. But I found that when I reflect on where we see this the most, there's actually one place in the world I see this the most. You know where, want to know where it is? I don't think you guys are ready for it. Can I preach to you today? You know the number one place I see talk the talk versus walk the walk not being lived out? The church. I know. I'm coming at you. It's okay. It gets better. I promise. It's, it's nicer later. But I see it in the church, right? Like, we go, man, I'm, I'm going to be this church guy. I'm going to live for Jesus. But how many times do we act one way on Sunday, and then Monday through Saturday, we're a completely different person? Well, we don't even have to talk about anything else. How about the fact that we have the greatest message of all time? The fact that Jesus would come and die for us so that we could be restored and have relationship with him. In the midst of everything we were carrying, we were broken, sinful people. But he came for us anyway, so Jesus is so accepting. But I find Christians are typically really judgmental, right? And I raise my hand here not to say, like, we need to get better. I think my city church is pretty good at this, to be honest. I think we're really good at walking the walk. But I can be honest today that I can raise my hand because I've also been that. Like, talk the talk versus walk the walk is something difficult. But this isn't new. 2,000 years ago, this is the very thing Jesus was talking about in this scripture. So he opens up and he begins to talk about persecution. Now, you got to keep in mind the crowd here. These are everyday people. These aren't priests. These aren't, there might be a few of them there, but these are just everyday people, the everyday churchgoer, the Sunday churchgoer. The, I show up to church. I go once a week. These are everyday people. And he begins to talk about persecution. And if I'm in the crowd, I'm just genuinely confused. I'm like, I'm going to be persecuted for my 
I'm not, but I'm not the preacher. But I'm not the pastor. I'm not, the lead, I'm not Pastor Eli. Why would, I be, why would I be persecuted? But could it be that Jesus is beginning to reframe or reshape our idea of what it is to be a Christian? So we go, okay. But then it, he keeps going. And he goes, you are the salt of the world. You're the, you're the light of the world. And if I'm sitting there, I'm genuinely like, I'm going, what is he talking about? So I'm not going to embarrass Jesus in front of the people, right? But after he's done, I'm going to pull him aside and go, hey, Jesus, really great stuff out there. Seriously. <laughs> so good. I love Mike Todd, but man, you're, I think you're even better. Like, this is amazing preaching. Just one little typo I think you had in there. Um, at one point, I just want to make sure you get this because second service, just so you don't repeat it. But like, like uh, this is what you said. You said that I'm the salt of the earth and I'm the light of the world. And I know you meant to say you are, like Jesus is the light of the world, you know, but like I just want to make sure you knew that. Have you ever thought about that? I remember reading this as a 17-year-old and being like, do typos happen in the Bible? Like genuinely like, I'm the light of the world? I'm the light of the world. Jesus, do you know me? Do you know the things I've done? Do you know the thoughts that have gone through my head this week? Do you know what I did last night? Do you know how many times I say I'm going to live for this thing, and I mean it this time, Jesus, and I'm serious, but then I don't because it's easier not to, or I hit the snooze alarm or whatever. Like, do you know me? I'm the light of the world. But could it be that Jesus is reframing who is the spiritually elite? Or should I say maybe he's casting away the spiritually elite, and he's saying if you have breath in your lungs today, if you know Jesus, that there's a purpose on your life that you're invited to, and it's not to just sit here and to, and to wonder why things aren't going your way, but it's to be the light. And I want to do two things today. If you came to take 10 pages of notes, um, I, I, that's not really my style. To be honest, I don't think I'm smart enough to give you 10 pages of notes, okay? What I want to do is I want to convince you of a few things. First of all, I want to convince you that today, you in your chair, not the pastors, not the leaders, not the director, you today, that you are supposed to be the light of the world. I want to convince you of that today. I believe God is telling us all that that is our job, that is our duty, and that is our privilege is to be the light of the world. The second thing I want to do is I want to remind you of three things that God is speaking to us in this scripture, and uh, I'm excited about it. Anyone want to go there with me? Let's go. So we see him, and he says, you're the salt of the earth. He says, you're the light of the world. But I hear that, and I go, cool. I get that. What does that mean? Like, what am I supposed to take a salt shaker and, like, you know, get a little extra salty? Like, what, what does that mean? And the first thing I need, to know, I need you to know and I want to remind you of today is you got a mission. You got a mission today. Not, not your pastor, not the priest. Not the person who's been coming to church for, for 10 years, but even the person that's been coming for 10 minutes. You got a job today. You got a mission today. And so we look at that, though, and we go, okay, so I got a mission to be the salt and the light. But again, what does that mean? What's, what's our mission? Well, the cool thing about Matthew is, so we're reading out of the book of Matthew. Well, four chapters later, Matthew begins to write in his own book his testimony, the time that he met Jesus. And so we pick up in Matthew 9, 9. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Now, tax collectors, bad dudes, um, crooks, they steal and cheat people out of money for a living. Jesus has no business talking to this tax collector, but Jesus stops. He says, follow me, be my disciple. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, and that's important, his disciples to his home, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. And look at this. Jesus is so awesome, guys. It says, but when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. So what's our mission? 
this is what I think usually happens is as Christians, we get really pumped about this stuff. So we read that and we go, okay, our mission is we got to go sit with the sinners. Man, we got to go to this city. We got to change it. We got to turn this city upside down. We got to, and that's all great. And that's all good. And that all needs to happen. But if we left it there and that was the sole thing we did, I fear that we would honestly miss the majority of the narrative of the Bible and we would miss the very thing that makes Matthew's testimony special, which is this, that Jesus, the son of God, took the time to sit, took the time out of his mission, out of everything he was doing, to sit with a sinner named Matthew, named Tyler, named Emma, named Lily, and just say, hey, do life with me. Follow me. Spend time with me. See, could it be that today our, our mission isn't to go and change the world for Jesus? That'll come. But our mission is simply to follow Jesus. But here's what I've found is we get, as Christians, we, we love that, right? That sounds a little bit more comfortable. I'm like, oh, follow Jesus. I got that. You know, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm, I'm going to worship. But what I've found is when we talk about the difference between talk the talk and walk the walk in the church, the biggest difference I see that is it surrounds our definition of what follow God means. See, because if follow God just means I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to worship, well, that's easy. I could do that, man. I can follow God, but that's not actually what we see here. Because, see, as Jesus was taking care of Matthew, and as Jesus went to go sit with the sinners, what did the, what did the disciples do? Did they go follow Jesus up to the house of the sinners and then go watch Jesus? No. They followed Jesus to the sinners. Do you hear me today? Our call is not to just go follow God, but our call is to follow God to the darkness, to take this relationship we have and to go, Jesus, where are you going? And I'm going to follow him. And I don't care how dark your world may seem. The power of Christianity and the power of what we have inside of us is that we don't just follow God up until the point and go, God, I hope you move in their life. But we understand that if God is the same God in this story, that when I show up to work tomorrow, that Jesus might come into the door with me, but at the end of the day, he's not sitting at my cubicle, but he's going into my boss's office, and he's going to go sit with him and tell him that he loves him and ask him to follow him. That he's going to look at the barista tomorrow when I'm in the line who's stressed and just dealt with four Karens and is not feeling it. And he's going to say, give her a $20 tip and remind her I love her, that the tip's from me. What would happen if a church rise up and understood that follow God is not just stay comfortable, but it's I'm going to go to the darkest parts of the city, but I'm not going alone. I'm following Jesus. Wherever you take me, I will go, Lord. You send me to 24th and Leavenworth to pray, I'm going to show up and pray. You send me to my boss's office, I'm going to pray. You get me on the phone call with my mom tomorrow, she starts talking about her depression. I'm going to tell her about the person of Jesus. But for the disciples to follow in the door, they had to know where Jesus was going. They had to see the doorway. In my prayer today, if anything happens, is this is what I truly believe, is now that we're talking about this, I believe you're going to see doorways in your life. Like, not tomorrow, not next week. I'm talking in two hours when you go to Noodles and Company for lunch. You're going to see a doorway. You're going to see a person who needs Jesus. And the difference between talk the talk and walk the walk is going to be, are you willing to understand that Jesus is going to the sinners and he wants to take you with. So today, we're gonna see these doorways start to open. And I wonder what would happen if a church rose up and said, God, I'll go. But how many know that's intimidating sometimes? Like that's not easy. Like we have a thousand excuses. You know, you might be an introvert and you're going, yeah, that's easy for you, but like 
dude, for me, I, I don't like to talk to people. Or there's people who just go, like, I hate people. Like, I'm, you know, I, I used to tell people, I'm not a morning person. God, if you want me to, like, talk to people in the morning, like, I'm not a Christian until 10 a.m. Like, like, you got to give me some time. Like, how many know it's difficult? But I came with some more good news, something I want to remind you of today. It's just simply this, that you got more in you. You got more in you. So let it out. Don't get afraid. Don't be, you got more in you. Because let me remind you what's in you today. See, what the world has is it has positivity, right? It's got positive vibes only. Like, it's, it's got people who can smile. There's a lot of great causes that put smiles on people's faces. So at the end of the day, we're not carrying positivity. That actually really has no power. Let me remind you what's in you today. You have the person of Jesus inside of you. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. You have a power outside. You have a sixth gear on your fifth gear car. Like you got something else where when you're not feeling it and when you're dealing with the own stuff that's going on in your own world, you can understand where Jesus is going and understand, although I don't feel like I can handle this, I know I can because he who is in me is greater than he is who is in the world. And I don't care how dark it may look, you can light it up. See, the, the beauty is the gospel we serve is living and active, meaning tomorrow you're going to see a doorway where your coworker has a knee brace on. And you can say, I'm going to be praying for you, brother, and never say a prayer and they'll never know. Or you can right there declare the things of God over them, and you can pray over that knee and watch a healing happen right there in your workplace. You can talk to your boss when he asks you about the Instagram post you reshared from My City Church. And you could try to get him to go to church or you could stop right there and declare the words of Jesus over him and remind him he's a son of God no matter how far he may feel. And the same God that moved in me can move in you. You can see his hand go up for salvation right there in that cubicle. But it takes a church that understands following God is not just I love Jesus, but it's taking him and going wherever he wants to go. See, today you're on a mission. You got a mission in you, but let me remind you, you got more in you. Are you broken? Are you hurt? Are you completely unqualified? Cool, me too. Guess what? In Jesus' name, you're qualified. You got this. Walk around with some swagger. You're a child of God. Don't fear. Don't be nervous. And my challenge is when you see this doorway come up this week, you know, walk through it with some boldness and watch what God does. I believe testimony after testimony after story will come this week from us being the church. Why don't we stand our feet in this place? You know, it could be difficult sometimes, and we know so far, we know what we're on a mission, right? Like, we know that. I believe that's God's word. I don't believe it's Tyler's opinion. I believe God is telling us today, hey, you got a mission on your life. But we also know, like, hey, don't let that be a pressure kind of thing. You got more in you. Let it out. When Jesus reads that scripture, he doesn't say you have to shine really bright. He just said don't hide the light he put in you. Just don't hide it. But the third thing I want to remind you of today is you got a testimony, because it can be hard to live this out. And, you know, Pastor Danny and I, we used to go to football games down in Lincoln. And there would be, like, this lady on the corner who's like, come to Jesus, repent. And we, like, we used to sit there and heckle her. And uh, I wouldn't recommend it. We were, like, young. And uh, it was last year. No, I'm just playing. But uh, we used to, like, heckle her. And I'm like, bro, you're not going to win anybody over with that. Like, but the reality is you could go and you could preach a thousand Bible message, uh, verses to someone. And sometimes God might be trying to do that. But what I found is when I don't know what to do, man, there's nothing more powerful than me just sharing my story. I was dead, now I'm alive. I was depressed, suicidal, and now I got the joy of the Lord in me. Man, I was lonely and scared, and God fulfilled me. Why well, I didn't need anybody else ever again, but he was more than enough. And I remember one of the times I, I ran into this was my wife and I, we used to go down to um, 15th Street Starbucks a lot, like three, four years ago, and we would work there on Saturdays. And, uh, and so we're working there on a Saturday morning, and, 
it's an interesting crowd that comes into there because you're near the Sienna Francis house. Um, they're really friendly to like homeless people, which I really love. So people can just come in there and sit. And so you would always see like different groups of people. And we're sitting there one morning and there's this dude in the corner. He's, he's got his phone plugged in and he's got a swastika tattoo right here. He's got tat, prison tattoos all over that mean he's done some pretty bad things. And he's freaking out on the phone. He's yelling. He's going, he's yelling and he starts going, man, I hate white people. White people never give me a fair shake, man. I've been just trying to get my life together. I'm in and out of jail. I'm just trying to pay the bills and take care of my daughter so she doesn't get taken from me. So I got to do what I got to do, but nobody sees that. And so they judge me. They put me back. I hate white cops. I hate white. You know what? The next person, next white person to judge me, I'm going to kill him. I've killed white people before. I'll kill him again. It's a real story. Jordan was right there. And I go, hey, maybe I should get Jordan out of here. And I just feel the peace of God go over me. He says, stay. All right, and I figure what he's doing is, is Jordan kind of grew up in a nice part of town. So I'm thinking like, oh, this is good for Jordan to see this, you know, like different, for, you know, I'm like, this is good, you know? So that's my like perspective of what God's doing. It's usually way smaller than what God's trying to do. And I'm like, oh, I see you, God, me and you, we're right there, you know? And, uh, and so I'm like, okay. And we keep sitting there. And then he goes, man, I hate Christians. Man, when I was in jail, they judged me. Now that I'm out, they judge me. I try to figure out my life. They judge me more than anyone else. Man, I've killed Christians before. I'll kill them again. This is really intense. I mean, he's yelling. Everybody in Starbucks is kind of like slowly trickling out the door. They're like, yo, this is, we don't know what he's got on him. He's got a backpack. It's just, a, it's a little scary. I feel Jesus go, go talk to him. And I was offended. Go talk to him. Go, God, I am as white as it comes. And I'm a pastor. Like, go talk. No, no, God, I won't do it. It's one of the only times in my life I've known so specifically God was telling me to do something. I said, no. No, God, I'm scared. No, I won't go do it. No. I just got this pit in my stomach. I felt like I was going to throw up. I was like, I won't do it. Another 20 minutes go by. Um, Jordan walked to work at the time, so she gets up to leave, and it's just me and him in there. And he's hung up the phone, and we're just kind of sitting there, and he keeps kind of glancing up at me, and I try not to make eye contact. And uh, at this point, I'm just ready for the stomach ache to go away. Like God is working on me. I keep telling him, I was like, God, what do you want me to do? And he so clearly said, are you going to go love my son or not? Okay, okay. And so I remembered I had a Bible in my car, and so I went and grabbed it, and I, like, highlighted the verse. I was like, maybe God's speaking this. It just popped into my mind, and then I put some cash in the Bible, and I, I'm just trying to get it over with at this point. So I, like, walk up to his table. I'm like, hey, man. I put it down. I go, hey, I just want you to know God loves you, man. He's really proud of you. There's some cash in there and a Bible verse. Like, go ahead and take a look at it, man, but God bless. He loves you. I turn away and goes, hey. Yeah. He goes, I don't take nothing from no one. Uh, you don't understand, like, I just got in an argument with God about this, man. Like, he was, he was really, really, like, adamant about, like, you got to take it. I don't care what you do, man. You could throw it away. You can give it to somebody else. But I just need you to know God loves you. He's proud of you. You can, you can have it, man. God bless. Hey. Yeah. I mean, God loves me. You don't know nothing about me. I see the doorway that Jesus is trying to walk through. And I go, well, yeah, man. I mean, I heard you talking about your kids. Man, you're his kid. Man, it doesn't matter what you've done in your life. Man, he loves you, and he's proud of you, and he's been chasing you down so much so that I didn't even want a white mocha this morning, but I woke up, and I felt like I needed one, and I came here, and he wouldn't let up on me. Man, he loves you, and I begin to share my testimony and my story, and he goes, what else? And I said, well, I highlighted a Bible verse in here. I don't know if this speaks to you at all, and I begin to read an Isaiah Bible verse somewhere in the 40s. You know, that's where we always read, and, and I begin to read it to him. He goes, 
man, I just feel like this is a God thing. I feel like he's, he, he set this up. I said, I think he did too. And he goes, will you pray for me? I said, absolutely. And I began praying. And he begins crying. And I begin crying. And I'm in the middle of a 15th Street Starbucks calling down heaven for this guy. And we're bawling together. And he, he looks at me. He goes, do you go to a church? And I say, yeah. I go to my city. Dude, you should come. You should come in the morning with me. We got a 930 and 1115. He goes, can I bring my baby mama? I said, bring your baby mama. Bring whoever you want. You should come. And so the next morning I get there early and I'm praying, well, God, would you let him show up? God, would you let him show up? God, would you let him show up? And he walks in and he's got his baby mama and he's got his baby. And he looks at me and he goes, hey, man, this is my baby mama, Roisha. And I said, you introduced her as your baby? That's all right. What's up, Roisha? And she goes, what up? I don't do church, but I'm here. And I'm like, what's up, Roisha? Let's go. And we go into worship. And I'm at the front row like I normally am, but I got to know what God's doing. So I sneak around to the back and I look. And during worship, their hands start to go up. And at the end of the message, they do a salvation call and their hands go up. And they're crying. And I'm crying in the back and I'm praising God. And I'm going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you used me. Thank you that you wouldn't let up on me. Thank I'm the one who gave the money. But I feel like you just gave me so much thank you. And I feel him silence me. And he goes, now what would have happened to Nick if you said no? Where would he be? Would he be in jail right now? Would he be in a bad situation? And then he goes, what would have happened to you if you said no? Because I just learned one of the most valuable lessons in my life. That I don't care what Jesus asked me to do. That I don't care if he asked me to give him a million dollars. If he asked me to give him a ride. If he asked me to talk to my boss. If he, I don't care. Because it's worth it. Could it be that when we follow God into the dark places, what we're doing is we're actually operating in the way we were always supposed to operate. And we've been feeling lost and church doesn't feel the same. But when we operate in the things God has called us to, there's some life that comes to us. Some freshness. And I go, God, I'll do this forever. Whatever you want, you can have it, Lord. And as we lean in and we understand that we're on a mission. And we don't shy away from it. And we follow God into the darkest places. Wherever he says, because we trust him that much. Man, I wonder what could happen. I wonder what would happen. This is what I believe. As I believe God would meet people in this city right where they're at. I believe salvation would come to your co-workers. I believe salvation would come to your family. I believe this city would be turned upside down and a revival would come. But it's not because I tried extra hard or because I shared the My City Instagram. But it's because I took the power of Jesus with me everywhere I went. And I trusted him in the same God that met me. Met them right where they're at. So what I want to do is I want to pray worship and I want to pray that God will help us because how I many you know it's hard to walk the walk but what's on the other side of your effort Lord we thank you for today Jesus we thank you God that we're the Matthew Lord that you stopped everything you're doing to meet us when we didn't deserve it Lord we thank you for our salvation but we pray God today Lord we pray this week that you would open up doors Lord open up doorways Lord and we declare right now as your people the people of Jesus that when we see them Lord we will walk through it with boldness and courage Lord we declare that you're on the move but it's not just in us Lord it's through us Lord and we believe God as we're obedient and we say yes and amen Lord that you're gonna meet people Lord and it's gonna bless us as we do that Lord so Lord we worship you today and we give it all to you we love you Jesus amen church let's worship Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, 
please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.